Welcome to Duct Tape and Paperclips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. That's right. And tonight we are breaking down season one, episode 17, To Be a Man is the title <laughs> of that episode. This is just two episodes in a row with terrible titles. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but first, Annie, uh, we usually check in at the beginning of the uh, episode here, and I wanted to uh, start with an apology. <laughs> because, um, as you know, we had our live stream comedy show, uh, the Vermont Comedy Club had our live stream comedy show over the weekend, and we had a stand-up component that we neglected to involve you in, and I think it's <laughs> kind of shameful and funny at the same time that after our episode with Tracy Dolan recently, <laughs> where we talked about getting frozen out of shows, yes. um, the fact that I totally spaced it on involving you in the show at all um, leaves me with a bit of egg in my face. So I'm sorry about that. It was a great show. You'll well, be on the next I one. heard the show went really well <laughs> and I had multiple texts from um, my friends in Vermont that just for some reason assumed I was on it yeah. like of, through no information that came from anywhere, by the way. Like, yeah, no, right. you know, I did not be like, oh, there's a show. Nothing. They're like, oh, when are you on? And I'm like, I <laughs> I'm like, I, what? I know they've been working on a show. Like, it sounds fun. So no, no worries here. I was not offended. They just assume that you're part of the official, you know, the official stable of Vermont comedians. Still. I am canon in, in terms <laughs> of Vermont comedy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's part of it. Um, but yeah, I heard the show was great. I had multiple friends who, who tuned in and I know they were really appreciative to like have something to yeah. kind of do that felt like community. So most that- people loved it. It was really great. It actually happened at a great time because uh, we, the comedy club have been closed since March and uh, we haven't done much over the summer we were doing some live stream shows over the winter but uh and this is kind of our return to that and because we were able to we had a little bit of a budget because the uh, tourism department of vermont like helped us out um it ended up being kind of a bigger show and because it fell right on the anniversary of our five our five years in business there was Mm -hmm. a lot of mushiness around the club and people were like really excited to check it out um so it was fun we had a really good time um it was fun looking at the chat um we had a whole contingent of people who were very concerned about the audio level between the stand-ups and the audience that we had we had like these pre-recorded stand-up bits that had a live audience track and people thought it was canned laughter for some reason they thought we had like slapped it on after the fact some people thought it was live and because of that they thought we had the ability to like mute people which we Mm, did not like in the moment yeah in the moment put it this way many of the live streams we've done in the past we've had like 20 people at a time in the chat and that's so manageable. But when you do a show and 1700 people are watching because the tourism department is pushing it out to all their channels, you get like the YouTuber kind of commentary where it's just like, yes. I'm just going to sit here, camp out and shit on this show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and Just say the same thing over and over again, even though they keep telling me they can't adjust the volume, just keep saying the, the, the laughter is too loud. It's obnoxious. I'm leaving. This is bullshit. <laughs> like, oh God. This You're is a free fucking show, man. Back to so many things. I mean, as someone who's worked in radio and audio and, oh, yeah. I, you know, I've been doing podcasting before it was called podcasting yeah. like, <laughs> to be called internet radio when oh, I was yeah, right. working in this field. So like, if you can find a way to make everyone happy with the audio <laughs> levels on anything, no. you let me know because I cannot tell you how many 
hundreds of comments over it's like so and so was loud so and so was quiet and it's yep. like a certain number you know a certain amount of that is um the sound system you're working with a certain sure. amount is how loud the person is how poorly they know how to hold a microphone and place a microphone like there's a and, lot of and factors. there's a certain age bracket where people start to lose their hearing yes and, yeah. there's a yeah. lot of factors i used to do live sound for a music venue when i was in grad school and mm, god oh my you. god i would beg <laughs> our guitarists to turn down their amps so that people could actually hear the vocals it, it really is like the most thankless work. it really is I, i've talked about that a lot with my sister because she's a musician and we used to talk yeah. about the fact that it's the most thankless job because the only time anyone ever talks to the sound guy is when they have a problem Mm -hmm. Not to mention the fact that if you have a visiting band in your venue and you're the house sound guy, that visiting band might have their own sound person who's going to come like unplug all your shit and touch touch all your dials. 100%. Yeah. And then nobody ever like you never walk out of a concert venue and thank the sound guy because it sounded great. Like if no, they do their job never. right, you don't ever even notice them. So it's like the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. But anyway, it, we had a good time. And Overall, the feedback was great. Everyone really had a great time. And yeah. So, what are you thinking about? We've got like a holiday this week. I am. Right. I am gearing up. What are you for doing for Thanksgiving? A quiet. I'm gonna make a pie. I'm gonna Good. make a reasonable dinner. And <laughs> yeah. Well, you're um, not. You're not close to your family right now, right? Physically or emotionally, well, <laughs> am I close to my family? Because <laughs> that's a different conversation. But no, I, meant, I mean, if it were a normal Thanksgiving, wouldn't you be traveling? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, normally, like we, like I would be in Vermont. Typically, yeah. that's that's what I do for Thanksgiving. So, like, that's off the table. I'm not getting yeah. on a plane right now. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things where I'm looking at like you know, a four day weekend with just, uh, trying to be outside. I am very fortunate that the weather where I am still allows me to do that. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of my plan. I'm just going to try to like, not come in contact with other human beings. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do it. Uh, it's going to be a weird couple of months, but we're going to get through it. It's going to be yes. okay. <laughs> I feel okay about it. Um, why don't we get this show started, huh? Yeah. So we have a guest tonight. Uh, our guest is a hilarious comedian who's been featured at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal. She is the co-host of Comedians vs. the News on the BBC World Service. She has an album called Handsome Daughter. Please welcome Iman El Husseini. Hi, Iman. Hi, guys. Thanks oh, for having me. Thanks, thanks for, for being, being with here. us. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, We. I was asking you before if it was okay to mention this, but you are sort of quarantined in a little hole in your house <laughs> away from your own spouse. That's right. My spouse, my dog. I That's... mean, I feel like I'm in a fancy jail cell because I tested <laughs> positive for COVID. Yes. Um, That's the bad and news. And I have... That's the bad good news. news. The good news is I have space. I have space from my little family. <laughs> well, I was going to say the good, good news is that, good news is that you're not feeling any symptoms. But <laughs> well, right, right. Of course, also. Oh, uh, finally, some fucking time. I mean, when we're all trapped with our one, you know, one person for as long as we've all ha have been, maybe a forced break is not a bad thing. Uh, how are you dealing with the boredom? Are you okay? I'm good. You know what? Surprisingly, there's a lot of things you could watch on Netflix mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> that I never thought that they were never on my list until yeah. this started three days ago. I'm like watching this Lucifer show oh, wow. and, I, and nobody has ever talked about it. Then yeah. I, I had the opportunity to revisit MacGyver. <laughs> that, was <re> <laughs> that was really fun. It's charitable that you call it an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> 
it just, it was, it's nice, like nostalgia, because I used to watch this show. So it brought me back to, to my childhood in the Middle East, surprisingly, in the Middle <laughs> really? East. I yeah, wait to we, talk that about show was there. Yeah. yeah how you're, yeah. When, <laughs> I'm sure you were around when they were filming this episode in the Middle yeah. East. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah. yeah this is yeah, clearly this, this on, is location. on location. I, that's it. I auditioned <laughs> to be an extra. Imagine. Right. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, so you, so you have seen this show before though. You weren't totally new to it. That's right. It really, like when you, you asked me, I had to reread the email cause I'm like, is this a joke? Do I really have to rewatch this show? Where can I find it? Yeah. This is amazing. So yeah. Uh, but you like, as, like, like in your youth, you were, you had watched it like. Yeah. So yeah. in the middle East, I grew up in Kuwait and we had two TV channels. The channel number one was the Arabic channel and cha channel number two was the English channel. Hmm. And channel number two had three shows that I remember vividly. And MacGyver was one of the three, Star hmm. Trek and uh, WWF. <laughs> wow. That's what it. a That's lineup. Wow. <laughs> Those were the exports. <laughs> That's it. Those were the three big shows I mean, that we had. What does that say about the culture that <laughs> those are the three things? Like, what must you have thought of the United States based wow. on those three things? I'm assuming the Middle East wanted something that could like closely represent what they represented. <laughs> those were, <laughs> those aligned with our beliefs. But we also, it's like we always had three of everything. Like the three celebrities that I remember were only Michael Jackson, George Michael, and Madonna. We only had three of everything, unless that's all my mind was capable of, of retaining <laughs> right, right, right. from the English media, from the American oh. media, rather. Uh, well, I mean, I cannot wait to talk about the depiction of the Middle East in this show. <laughs> I mean, what a weird, like, meta thing. But yeah, let's uh, let's jump into our discussion. And uh, But first... Uh, let's get a little summary. Annie, you want to summarize to be a man for us so we can refresh I our memory? I would love to. Um, so here's just a real quick recap of what happens in this episode. Uh, first of all, we have MacGyver uh, flying a fighter jet over Soviet Afghanistan to recover the contents of a secret spy satellite that crashed there. In the process, he is shot down and wounded. Local tribesmen and Soviet soldiers are after MacGyver, and an Afghan woman and her son risk their lives to give him refuge. With their help, he outwits his pursuers, and the three of them escape over the border into Pakistan. <laughs> wow. What, what an hour we've what all hour. spent. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so we're going to uh, like share our opinions about what worked and what didn't, uh, as well as how it holds up now. But what were our first impressions of this, uh, especially you, Iman, uh, in throwing this on, I assume, for the first time since you were young in Kuwait. What was your first impression of MacGyver? I mean, the title alone. What is it? To be, to be a man. <laughs> I was like, classic. That is, <laughs> that's a hit in the Middle East when I was growing up, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, the, the, the title, of course, was crazy. Just a whole, like, unrealistic aspect. But I guess because when I was younger, I sort of had an impression of Americans being sort of like heroic like that. I'm like, of course, this guy is able to do all of that stuff because America has such advanced technology. So mm. this is like very realistic. So that's where my mind went 
in the past. But today I was just like, this propaganda, I can't <laughs> believe this. This propaganda ruined my life and my family's life. And we had to leave the Middle East. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's so, I, I don't feel like anything holds up, you know, but yeah. I do have to admit because it was based in Afghanistan and I've been in the Western world for a very long time. I was just like, I'm not sure if Afghanistan looks like that. Have I been, uh, you know, brainwashed to believe from American media that this is what Afghanistan looks like? That's hmm. the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I felt similarly about it because I feel like in this show, every single time we go to another country, we simultaneously go back about a century in terms <laughs> of what's depicted. And it's so striking to me how you don't see anybody wearing Nike shoes. You don't see it. You know, this is the 1980s. And you would think based on this portrayal, we were. In I God wrote down knows. Genghis Khan. What time? Like, yeah. God knows like what. But what time frame this looks like, it does yeah. not look like the 1980s in any country. Um, right. So that, that really struck me about this, uh, this episode. And whew, there was a lot going on. There's a lot going <laughs> yeah. on with Ahmed. Uh, he had a lot of ideas that, oh, yes, are, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> that oh. were problematic. Uh, the whole relationship between Ahmed and MacGyver and mm. Ahmed's mom, I was very confused. <laughs> yeah, like like you said, I mean, it, it is propaganda and it is American white savior narrative like, whoa, this episode. Um, I, I also think probably the makers of this show had very little information um, and went on whatever stereotype, you know, whatever, whatever shitty, stupid stereotype that they had in a lot of this stuff. So that's why you're, when you build a set that's supposed to be like a farmhouse, it looks like something out of the 1100s because right. they just don't have any like concept and it permeates everything. Like the control room that Pete is, is talking to MacGyver through when he's flying the plane. I'm like, this control room looks like a 10 year old just guessed at what a control room would look like. They're all carrying around colored coffee mugs and there's a lot of blinking lights in the panels. It's just like, <laughs> this is, this can't be what it looked like. It has yeah, but to be. It makes you feel like it, it truly is that American propaganda because of right. course America is like, everything looks like a space station for right. no reason, <laughs> even though it's just a basic, you know, control room for, Right. for whatever government agency, um, you know, government agencies have normal conference rooms. Like that's where <laughs> this would probably be, right. you know, right. taking place. Yeah. I just, uh, I do want to, uh, to, to Annie's point about Ahmed and a lot of his ideas. It seems like he was pretty young and his father passed away, right. Got killed mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. what I remember. How did he have so many ideas about women and their place <laughs> at such a young age? Like how yes. much, did his father teach him yeah. before he, cause you know, he's pretty young to be like, that's a, a woman doesn't do that. Or what did he say about his mother? A woman, he, he a woman milking a goat was, oh, right. was a woman's word. job. And then also <laughs> so it, it was something about sharing information with her. Like she didn't need to know what was going right. on. Mm, right. Yeah. I do like that. He like back went in his tracks though, because he's like a, wo a woman milks the goat and MacGyver's like, come on. And he's like, the goat doesn't like me. So there was like, a <laughs> yeah, yeah. There he sort of, of admitted. Like, 
Yeah. Um, there's, he's like, all right, fine. I'm bad at milking the goat and I refuse to learn how to do it. Uh, right. <laughs> if there is a hallmark of this character, it is that he has the magic touch when it comes to uh, getting someone to completely reverse their own ideology right. in a half a second. Uh, we see that at the end of this episode. That left a weird taste in my mouth. I feel like if I had seen that as a kid, I would have been like, yes, feminism. Awesome. But <laughs> looking at it now i'm just sort of like this is sort of this american propaganda again we're like yeah. of course macgyver's ideas about you know men and women being equal are correct mm-hmm. um when in reality men and women are not equal in western society either so it's <laughs> insane um so it's it's just there's a lot of layers uh for me coming up with that yeah 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 uh, let's dive into the fun shit um <laughs> i didn't know macgyver could fly an f15 did you <laughs> What is his job? I'm trying to remember what his job is. He seems to be able to do everything. I do not know. I just remember that he was an electrician. My memory from when I was young (laughs) is that he's really good with like wires and stuff like that. I did not realize that he could fly planes and everything. Yeah, he sort of now by this point in the season, we have sort of landed on um, him working for a government agency. Unclear exactly what they do and what their mission is but yeah sort of cia and he is kind of brought into various scenarios um to either get people out or to deliver some sort of spy message or to retrieve something um so he's just kind of like this jack of all trades fixer type of guy he reminds me of like uh the way that a psychic works works with a police department (laughs) you know like (laughs) it's like they bring him in when they need him but he doesn't really like hang out in the he's break a, room. like fully work there um but he just started <laughs> so to give him a very expensive plane to fly into enemy territory and deliberately destroy seems like uh, that seems like a mission you wouldn't give a jack of all trades like that yeah i just want to know does he have his own insurance are yeah. they is he on staff in some way because you the plan seemed to be to deliberately bail and let this plane crash so that he could get into enemy territory now the the thing he was after had something he said it had something on it that was going to self-destruct if anybody tried to mess with it so he doesn't really need to worry about anyone finding that information and I looked it up because I'm a nerd. Those planes, uh, the the per item price tag on those planes is $30 million a piece. Oh my God. Um, and Pete just walks away from it like it's no big deal. He says like, oh, he timed that perfectly. And he's like, hopefully, you know, hopefully they'll get the shit we sent him in for. But he's just crashed a $30 million plane. Uh, very chill about all of that, I thought. Yeah, not a lot of respect for uh, equipment there, but I loved the hang gliding. Scene. Did you? <laughs> really? I I thought it was cool. It I was, was. going to say, did that come with the plane or is that another <laughs> one of his things that he just packs in his bag? Oh, no, he made or, that out of the downed satellite. Right, right, yeah. right, right. It's yeah. true. Uh, in, I'm remembering in, now an incredibly in short se- amount of time. Minutes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I liked it too. I, uh, the flight suit that he's wearing is super hot at the beginning of this uh, episode. <laughs> uh, he also, we've talked about it before the last couple of ep- episodes. He's the actor who plays MacGyver has had a broken hand and this was the best, the best job they've done in, a, in like sort of hiding it. 
Mm-hmm. But you can see it like in that whole first scene when he comes down, he's got gloves on and he's got a jacket on and the jacket is like a little thicker on one side where his cast is. And then very quickly he gets shot in the shoulder and he ends up for in a sling for the rest of the which really worked pretty well. So and plus it, it gave us some stakes. This episode had a lot higher stakes than some previous ones have had. Yeah. And it seemed like I mean, I don't know that we've seen MacGyver get shot before. I no. think this is the first no, instance so. of that. So, um, yeah. And MacGyver famously hates guns. Uh, as then that comes up a little later in the episode. You mean about like not shooting the the Russian sh- soldier? Yeah, MacGyver, um, a pattern that we've seen. He is anti-gun, um, okay. and so he always refuses to shoot or use a gun for any reason. Right. Okay. Now that's that's ringing a bell. Now that's yeah. Okay. So okay, I thought it was just in that episode because he was trying to. I haven't seen this obviously since the eighties, since I was yeah. young, but. Um, I thought he was not shooting the Russian guy just to teach Ahmed a lesson, right, right. but this is a general. Theme. It's a general thing. I mean, I he see, was I certainly see. trying to uh, teach Ahmed a lot of lessons, which <laughs> yeah. made me really uncomfortable because they just met um, and yeah. he's immediately like, I am your new father figure. Right. Um, but, but yeah, he was trying to teach Ahmed a lesson, but generally he is anti-gun um, and he, they're very explicit about that mm. on the show. <laughs> yeah, that was another reason why it was uncomfortable for me to even see him flying a jet fighter because I'm like, he's so anti-gun, but he has like tomahawk missiles at his disposal. <laughs> that yeah. seems like, why would he know how to fly that? It makes no sense to someone who's like a pacifist, basically. So um, since you guys have started to watch this, I'm assuming 17 weeks ago for this podcast <laughs> or whatever, uh what was the purpose of him um, flying over Afghanistan? He was on a spy mission or what was the yeah, situation? I think so. You're making the assumption that there is any continuity between episodes on this show. <laughs> right. um, and that would be an incorrect uh, <laughs> assumption to make. Uh, right. There is not. Each, each episode is its own little world um, in many ways to the point where we see guest stars come back in different it's all over the place we barely have established who macgyver is and what he does for a living he's had four apartments by this point in this (laughs) (laughs) i do want to talk about representation obviously as Mm. well uh, as far as the acting goes Mm -hmm. Uh, i didn't look into ahmed's ethnic background but the mother for sure seems to me like she's east indian yeah and not Afghani, not right. Afghani. She was an Indian beauty queen. Yeah, she seemed, <laughs> she seemed exactly like, yeah. yeah. And this is like, I, I bring this up because as a, an Arab Muslim myself, who has seen a lot of misrepresentation in the media, this is like probably the number one reason why I got into showbiz, right? Mm-hmm. To, to mm-hmm. represent my people. One thing I will say is that in previous episodes, like we ha- and our guests have made note of this time and time again, whenever they sort of put out a casting call for, you know, whatever part of the world they're supposed to be in. There's one episode where literally the title just said Central Asia and it was so all over the place. You know, you clearly had, you know, folks from all over Asia and it was not in any way 
Yeah, it's not a priority. Accuracy is not a priority for, unique. for yeah. this show at all. And and I don't think I, I'd be hard pressed to think of a, a lot of shows in the '80s that really took their time and <laughs> do their due diligence to represent another culture accurately, right? Right. But of not that I'm letting it off the hook here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And the thing that I always know, and the beauty queen reminds me of this is that even when they do cast women of color it is always conforming to very specific beauty standards that are Western. So that, that is a problem that I have right. with the show as well. If we're going to cast a woman of color, she had, you know, we need minimum. She won some kind of pageant or <laughs> <laughs> Victoria's secret, just yeah. some baseline. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Acting skills, not important, but pageant. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's just a catalog of underwear models somewhere <laughs> yeah. they're pulling from. <laughs> We really set up like between the 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 very hard to watch um, uh, sexual assault scene through the window yes. and the later on um, Ahmed saying like one day you'll beat me with this whip <laughs> like wh- like what was our like it's just crazy to me. I mean the sexual assault seems like something that's so honestly one of the most realistic things. I mm-hmm. think I'm not just to that part of the world, but it's definitely like a big a big problem. Sure, yeah, it, everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's. To make it specific, I think that's where like the show makes it look like it's a cultural problem rather than like mm-hmm. an, a whole world problem. So I yeah. think that's that's a huge thing. Growing up in the Middle East, again, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm familiar with beatings, but nothing with like, here's a whip, please beat me <laughs> to teach me a lesson. Like right. that seems a little too, again, uh, fabricated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this kid, I have to imagine this kid's dialogue is all dubbed because it certainly doesn't seem like him speaking the entire time. But some of these lines I wrote down, there's another man to take your place. You're the offspring of a diseased goat. And then like, I've seen him fly in the sky like a spirit. Like this kid is almost like a punchline where it's like, can you believe it? This kid hasn't seen anything of the outside world. Mm -hmm. And now here comes MacGyver swooping in like a magic American. And what a cool thing that must be for him, you know, like, yeah, absolutely. The other thing too, is the depiction of the Russian soldiers is also insane. Um, because it's like, they are just brutal to a fault and there is no humanity whatsoever in in those characters. And their accents are incredibly inconsistent (laughs) from character to character. I was like, who, to the point where I was like, are these all Russians? I can't tell. It would be my dream to have a Russian soldier on this podcast to find <laughs> out um, how, how realistic that portrayal is. And the and the relationship too between like, okay, so I know these are like Afghani tribesmen who have like broken with their their culture to, to like align with the Russians. Is that what the whole thing? And then, so now you've created this weird mob. They had such an amazing opportunity because when this happened, when Russia was in Afghanistan, the U.S. was against all of this. And that's yeah. when the U.S. and Osama bin Laden were besties. Right, mm-hmm. right. So if they would have shown, can you imagine MacGyver oh showing God. Osama bin Laden? 
really missed opportunity. Just shows up saying. to like to like hand off MacGyver some gear to help him. <laughs> He's oh. the friend that harbors yeah. them until they're able to cross the border. Yeah. Um, and the one the one thing about the border is that they always depict crossing the border as this magical experience. Like all things are okay once you cross a border, right. um, <laughs> as if someone is just welcoming you with open arms to help you on the other yeah. side. Um, which I think, unfortunately, growing up in the '80s, I probably thought was the case. You know, yeah. <laughs> and now I realize that that's not what borders are like. No. Especially not in Pakistan, another country that's having its own set of issues to be like, of course, welcome. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, I are you an American? Come here. Like- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, anyway. Well, to circle back, t- so you liked the hang glider gag. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I thought the stunt of the whoever actually flew that thing into the ground by the river there did a pretty good job. That, that looked like it hurt, <laughs> uh, that stunt. And then we had this absolutely bonkers thing where he left-handed picks up a rock and hucks it at this guy's head, a moving target. Um, I just, I mean, this show is so crazy. I, I think I've been trying to figure out what bothers me so much about the narration, the constant, constant narration that MacGyver has over every episode. And I think, you know, if you're going to have like, I understand the need for exposition in narration. Like we're hearing from an omnipresent character who has the benefit of hindsight, who tells you in the past tense, or maybe if you're a little cheekier in the present tense, what's happening in this episode, right? But then when you start to have the narrator um, uh, emotionally react to things that are happening on screen as though they're there. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like they're, oh, ha- no. they're making Watch s- yes, this. Yes. Like, <laughs> sarcastic <laughs> remarks on what have, what's just happened. Like that t- breaks the whole thing for me. It just like, that's the, not the purpose of fucking narration. Yeah. The, I mean, the voiceovers are a problem for me in general. And yeah. certainly <laughs> when it's like that, um, comically, reactive to things that could easily be done in the scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It doesn't yeah. really work. Um, I mean, there were downright like jokes in the narration. It's like, has anyone ever laughed at a voiceover before? Has any audience <laughs> member ever been like, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I mean, we had that real slam dunk of a joke at the beginning when he said, I can just hear Pete right now saying, you know, why do you always got to wait till the last minute? And then we hard cut to Pete. Oh, yes, yes, the yes. exact line. <laughs> oh, that was just, um, that, that passed for like cutting edge I did humor. really laugh at that. I have to admit <laughs> that so I laughed dumb. out loud at that. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. Uh, I thought, oh yeah. I mean, the whole fact that they take him in and nurture, you know, like kind of nurture him and, and nurse him back to health, uh, much of the time that this woman was on screen, they were playing like Spanish classical guitar music, (laughs) (laughs) which was bothering me. Uh, Even I know culturally that that doesn't match. Um, And then we do again, it's this like, I mean, I cannot imagine that cauterizing a wound with a fucking iron like that is what they were doing in the 80s. I, I was into that. I was like, okay, they're making the woman look like she knows what she's doing. Okay, she's competent at least. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's sure, it, sure. yeah. Yep. So I, I, I like that part, but that's so funny about the Spanish guitar. Although, <laughs> although I must admit, um, uh, the Muslim culture has a lot of influence on Spain, so it must have okay. been mm-hmm. a right. confused, you know. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that the musical supervisor knew that of the show. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
if we yeah. want to give them the benefit of the doubt, let's right. assume they were really they did their semester abroad in Barcelona or something right. in South A. Um, so you know the home stretch of this is like a, a bunch of MacGyverisms kind of ha- once it picks back up again once the the bad guys are on their way. Um, well, I mean, he first he starts out by fixing their pump, which is a nice little moment. Um, we had one of those pumps on our property when I was growing up and you can't just do that. You can't just bring the lever up and down and up and down and have water start coming out. You have to prime it. Um, so that's to be like some minor amount of water inside the pump to create that vacuum to bring up the water from below. So that's just me being a nerd being like there water wouldn't come out of there because <laughs> so, um, what about how he, um, killed the stepfather? Oh yeah. Oh, that was I mean, good. Was that he, accurate? I don't know. I don't know, but <laughs> Man, they made a choice, didn't they? To be like, let's just get rid of him and have him shoot himself. Right, but they certainly made it, they really go out of their way to avoid MacGyver having to shoot a gun. Like that, I felt, that's how I interpreted that. Like he did this whole, um, you know, workaround basically and and the guy shot himself. Right. Um, All right, hold it steady for me, will you? I, I just wanted to know. So I, I was surprised that they didn't actually like they had a tender moment, but I didn't mm-hmm. see any kissing or anything. And I always thought it was because I, I got the, you know, a censored version in the Middle East. But uh-huh. I watched it yesterday and they still there was no no kissing. Is there ever any kissing since? Oh, yeah. uh, oh there's kissing. OK, I think they they <laughs> alternate. A little okay. bit, you know, it's maybe two on one off, maybe. I see. I see. <laughs> yeah, they don't like to do it every week with a, a different woman. I, you must, I imagine that they've done some sort of like research around this because mm. I think they found that like people didn't like it when MacGyver had like a steady girlfriend, they like it when he kind of has these romantic kind of tender moments but i think if he were to be portrayed as just you know hooking up uh Mm -hmm. with a girl in every port uh that might not feel great Yeah, he's always supposed to be the nice guy who always does the right thing and treats everyone nicely but they also want to give you know you can feel like hollywood producers being like put a babe in it (laughs) so they're they're always like balancing that and i this episode actually is an interesting one to me because um it does seem like Either so far, either MacGyver has a an attractive woman who's who factors into things in a and he builds a relationship with, or a child that he develops some kind of a tender relationship with and and you know a bond with. And in some cases, they they write them almost exactly the same way. It's just like it's like they play a little tender music, they have a nice little moment, um, and whether it's a, a hot woman or a, a child, it doesn't really matter as long as he's connecting with and being nice to someone. And this was an episode that had both. Um, and I think they they were like, well, we can't have him making out with the mom when he's like bonding with the child. So you know, they kind of played that seesaw between the two of them. Yeah, I think they made it. They made the choice um, yeah. because they. They have him as sort of this like mentor uh, to yeah. Ahmed, and that's yeah, yeah. that's pretty. That happens pretty quickly as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what What do y'all think of this the this roof gag that he pulled? <laughs> I mean, he's he's a genius. What can I tell you? 
I felt like the I'm letting him go was a little bit heavy handed. And I get, yes. you know, having watched the whole episode, you kind of see why. Um, because that comes back around, but mm -hmm. it was a little bit like, all right, dude, but this guy was like trying to kill you. Um, yeah. So yeah. Ahmed had a point. Um, I, yeah, it's like, it's this book. And this is a nice little bookend thing. Cause at the end we meet up with him again, but, uh, my problem wasn't so much with him letting him go. It was the ending because, uh, it's been established that this soldier, um, if he kills MacGyver, he will only get six months uh, unpaid. <laughs> and right. like, like if he doesn't find MacGyver, he is fucked. Like this guy is going to be tortured. And right. The, you know, I mean, the, the idea he would choose the court martialing over right, right. Like, suspension uh, is insane. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he does it with such a, a like a cute grin and a, and a sly, you know, aside about like, go on over. I, I didn't even see you here is such a like unbelievable thing when the stakes are so high for that particular person. I mean, I understand from a story standpoint, I understand why you need it because you got to teach Ahmed that it's not always right to kill somebody. And that's how he becomes a man, right? I don't know. I think maybe the the final lessons of uh, to be a man happened on those final two kilometers, and we didn't even get to see them because <laughs> right? that was a really creepy and weird end uh, to that episode. We still have two kilometers to walk. Right, plenty right. of time for two men to say goodbye. <laughs> totally normal thing for an adult man to say to a child. They also left with like absolutely nothing. They didn't pack any bags. It seems like they were just going to like yeah. walk over and restart a life as if that's the easiest thing to do. It's yeah. true that there was like absolutely no emotional baggage with anything. No baggage and no emotional baggage. Yeah, no right. baggage in general. <laughs> and, and that makes you wonder why this woman didn't just pick up and leave before. If it was <laughs> so easy to leave her entire life behind. Um, yeah, but that is the case. I mean, it's so hard to, you can't, rationalize anything anyone but MacGyver does in these episodes because they every action that's taken is just taken to serve his character. Um Iman, you were you referenced the boulder. What do y'all think of this one? I mean a good science lesson, I guess. <laughs> that, that was good, yeah. I liked it. I thought that was like a very <laughs> classic MacGyverism. He's working with some uh, freezing and expansion of water to do something that co is completely unrealistic and probably would not work. Um, no. but it's a MacGyver version of Looney Tunes. Yes. <laughs> think, with the anvil. <laughs> he really likes to work with ice. And I yes. always am disappointed by that because I'm like, I know how long it takes, even with a fire extinguisher, like water. Yes, it expands when it freezes, but that fast and that much to crack a boulder off a cliff in 30 seconds while a Jeep is coming. And then, you know, the fact that the enemy Jeep pulls right up underneath this conveniently placed rock, it's all just so silly. And then the actual stunt kills me because this presumably 3000 pound boulder legit bounces off of the Jeep when it hits it. And then somehow the Jeep burst into right. explosion right. from that, which yeah. was like, that was just one of those, like you have to just enjoy this for what yeah, it for is, sure. which is just complete Silliness. fantasy. Yeah. It's good. Again, he's not using guns. He's not using bombs. Right. It's science mm -hmm. and water. It's good. Right. Right. It's a good it's lesson. Good. 
it's a good lesson. It's a good, <laughs> yes. I can't imagine that you remember this episode, like watching this episode as a kid, right, Amon? No, absolutely not. Yeah. I don't even remember, I, I kind of remember it vaguely. Obviously, I was young, but I, I do remember him being a savior, of course, and this like amazing American guy that saves everybody. And of course, like, white people are so nice and all of that, like falling <laughs> for all of that propaganda when I, I was I guess young. that was my question is like, yeah. did you fall for that? Or were you looking at this as a kid being like, like, this isn't what the Middle East, you know? Well, it wasn't like. where I, w- where I grew up, but mm-hmm. to me in my head, it was like, you know, Afghanistan is one place. The Gulf countries are one place that, mm-hmm. you know, the Middle East where my parents are from is one place. It's all completely different. Yeah. Um, but I definitely have this thing for, for, because I learned so much about Americans through TV, it really did shape my, uh, my idea of them. And that's why I'm married to a white woman today. So, <laughs> I mean, a lot of these, uh, a lot of MacGyver takes place in the States. So you would have seen a lot of MacGyver interacting right. in Hollywood and stuff, but like, yeah. Do you remember other, uh, were there other shows that felt like they had, an impact on your, the way you viewed America and what, like what happened once you moved here and like, when I moved here, it was completely different. So when I moved here to to Canada in the nineties and, you know, it was like the heyday of not only Russians are bad, but so are Arabs and Muslims. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, the, the, the age of true lies. Mm -hmm. Remember I was like, what? I was in complete, that was like the number one culture shock for me is that what do you mean you don't like Arabs and Muslims? We're so freaking awesome. Like that was my, (laughs) I just remember being like nine or 10 watching this and being like, Mm. people hate us here. I was in complete disbelief. Mm. Um, Because I think that's when it started, the the, the awful depictions or where I could absorb the awful depictions of Middle Eastern people people where I was like, what? What are you guys talking about? You should have seen where I lived. It was so beautiful. It was so, you know, you you have it all, you know. Um, fast forward to being a comedian. And I remember a host on stage was like trying to do crowd work. And he stopped at this like Middle Eastern guy. And he's like, where are you from, bro? What's your name? Abdullah, where are you from? And he's like, the Middle East. And he's like, what do you uh, ride camels and shit? And the guy's like, Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> so just like those wow. ideas that people have of Middle Eastern people. And we're all yeah. like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? You know? Yeah, right. Um, wow. So yeah. So when I was young watching MacGyver at the time, I probably thought he was like the coolest guy and like so mm. smart. And of course, this is how America is. And then when I came to this part of the world and saw how they talked about the Middle East, then I was like, what? You guys right, have this, right. you know? Wasn't it actual gibberish in True Lies? Like that Arabic talk was not actually Arabic. Really? Yeah. 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 From I what mean, I remember, I'm like, that's not even, that's actually just them like making fun of how Arabs wow. sound to them. That's insane. That's from what I remember. I mean, this this movie really traumatized me, obviously. Sure. <laughs> I'm scarred yeah. by that movie. Can we have a podcast about True Lies? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I refresh the True Lies IMDb page to really how much money they've made. Oh my God. This is what shocked me, you guys. Speaking of all of this like representation and stuff like that, I couldn't believe out of all movies, one of the most accurate movies I've ever seen uh, the Passion of the Christ out of all movie is done by anti-Semitic Mel Gibson. Really? <laughs> the Aramaic language. I didn't even have to read the subtitles. What? Really? Is that unbelievable? That is, I 
I yeah. <laughs> out of okay. all I've not I've not Gibson. seen it. I can tell you yeah. that. <laughs> but I couldn't believe it. I don't know. I guess because he's like a really proud Christian or super religious, so he really took his time <laughs> to do yeah. the research. Wow. But very so you're going on the record to say cut Mel, Mel Gibson a break already, right? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> Jay Naidu, hello. Hello. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast to talk to us about your role as young Ahmed in season one, episode 17 of MacGyver. To, to be a man. That was the name of my episode. To be yeah. a man. That's correct. We just I gotta, watched I got to ask when the last time you saw this episode was. I, I did. I, I, um, I actually, this is a very strange thing, and is directly to do with why I wanted to talk to you. Hmm. Um, I watched it. When I was a kid, uh, the the day it came out, but I refused uh, to watch it ever again, and <laughs> and and I took my name out of the credits. Really? If you if you if you'd notice, I I I was about, I was I think I was twelve, going on thirteen, and I had been in a lot of really kind of good stuff at the time. I mean, considering I mean not that much stuff, but. The first movie I ever got, I, you know, I was the lead in it opposite Michael Keaton. And, and I had, and I had done some really cool stuff and this was an offer and I did the, and I did the project and my voice was cracking and they didn't like that. Hmm. Like, you know, I was like, Oh, you know, MacGyver can work miracle. <laughs> like, I mean, like, it was like that. And so they dubbed my voice with mm-hmm. the voice of a, South African, like like a full grown South African woman's voice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, when I heard that, I was like, okay, well, I don't, I, I don't want to have anything to do with. And I was really young, and I used to make all my own choices. I mean, I, I got into the business by accident, and um, you know, I was like real like punk rock, and I had this like real kind of, you know, like I was not going to sell out. Mm-hmm. To anybody, and we shot Vasquez Rocks, L.A. for Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Perisus Kambarta, who was in Star Trek and Miss in- Miss Universe, I think she was in Miss India, mm-hmm. played my mom, and and she was like a chain smoker, and like you know, like <laughs> she she was really sweet, but she was like my mother, and she was like, listen, kid, it is a terrible business, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, like you know, basically you're like a bottom paid for hooker, you know the hooker. and I was like oh a little dude then. And then one time, like we went to the the commissary during during filming MacGyver, and um, uh, Eddie Murphy was in the commissary, and uh, and like she was like, "Oh my God, it's Eddie Murphy!" She's like, "You gotta go say hi to him. You'd get a part." You know what I mean? And I was like, "Nah, I don't feel like." She's like, "Well, I'm gonna go over there." This is like she's your mom uh, on screen, but she's also like trying to be your stage mom. Well, she was like, yeah, my mom on screen. And, you know, she was a big deal because, you know, she was Indian and she had like made a big deal, you know, in Star Trek and all this kind of stuff. And, and I was like, you, you should, you're so lucky. She's a, such a beauty and she's playing your mom. But I mean, all I could think of was the fact that she was like, you know, smoking relentlessly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, she was just kind of like, okay, let's do the scene. You know what I mean? And then she'd be like, really, be- like really beautiful in the scene and all this kind of stuff. So, but anyway, long story short, the thing that I really wanted to share with you is many, many years later i was shooting uh the scary movie three in vancouver and uh i had been like you know partying and i got on the elevator uh to go down to to my room at this at the sutton place hotel in 
in Canada and Richard Dean Anderson got on the elevator. <laughs> and I was, you know, by that time, I mean, like I was like 28, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. But like I got, <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, hi. I was like, Richard, oh, hi, man. Um, My name's Ajay. You know, I was, I was on, uh, I was on MacGyver. He's like, and he looked at me and he was like, oh, hey, man. You know what I mean? He was like really <laughs> nice. I mean, like he was totally cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, and really sweet. And then it all started coming back to me that like, you know, I had a birthday during, during shooting of that. And he like got me the cake and everything like that. And it was like a really, I mean, like he was really nice. You know what I mean? Like he was an all right guy. And, uh, and that's, yeah. And that's in line with everything we've heard about Richard Dean Anderson. Everyone (laughs) has like positive stories about it, which is always like great to hear. Um, Yeah. But I wondered if like you have things kind of like looking back um, where you feel like, oh, that that didn't even feel right at the time. <laughs> it, it, you know, even, even at that time, I knew it wasn't right that the white dude saves you. Yeah. Because I was young and like all the MacGyver-esque solves were like really inviting. And that's what I mean, like they're so juvenile. Everyone loves them. I mean, like you're like, no, you can't build a hang glider with that. I mean, it was still a Santa Claus syndrome for me mm. at the time. Like, yeah, maybe you could, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, what I mean? like, you yeah. know so I think, I think, I think the thing that, the thing that was negative is like that I was like right on the verge of like teenagerhood where I was like, you know, just like, you know, starting to smoke pot. And I think the fact that I was in the show was enough to make me uncool for a second. You know what I mean? <laughs> to, like like amongst, to yourself or to your friends? Like, I think just in general. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, probably there was an air of uncoolness around it, you know, like there's no way MacGyver. And then I had to say, like, you see, MacGyver can work miracles. You know what I mean? And stuff <laughs> oh, like man, that. Oh man, some you of know, that dialogue they gave you was downright ooh, cartoony. But I, luckily, I never had to say it after yeah. oh, I true. said it. Oh yeah, it's it seems to be a pattern. Like we're we're only 17 episodes in here, and there have been three or four kid parts that they've clearly dubbed, and I can't really? be just all of yeah. them cracking their voices, right? That has to be like Check a choice. That out. Wow, I never knew that. Now, that's phenomenal to know. I can't so now you to... know it's not just you. Um... <laughs> right. When I look back on it now, it's like, oh, what a lark. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. It's, it's, I mean it's, 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 very, it's very unassuming and very kind of like innocent. You know what I mean? Like yeah. MacGyver. You can't like be like, mm, that's a terrible racist. I mean, like, yeah. it's like you know, I mean, everything was like that. But with the knowledge that we have now of, of, of you know, how how you're supposed to deal with um i mean at least at least racially with people i mean i i was always like a latino or like an italian or like or like you know just uh, you know uh, ethnic mm-hmm. watching this first season of macgyver we're getting the sense that things are kind of thrown together um do, do you remember of your experience how that felt the weird thing is tv at that time was i mean the strata between like say feature filmmaking and television at that time yeah. was, was was vast you know the, the the method acting and the methodology and the you know the, the needs and wants and the beats and the the structure that they were trying to teach young actors uh, in film was wildly different to the sort of like all right you first walk over there and then you make a face like this and then you, you, you know you know like of, of television you know what I mean or say and then you yeah. go and then you go no you know what I mean like you know what I mean? and then you run over there and then the, the director would do like basically do the part just line readings yeah yeah, yeah like all 
the way through. Like, no, I didn't say me. I said me. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, so like, yeah. you know, I mean, like, you know, that kind of shit. So, like, yeah. you know, for me, I felt very hardcore about like the fact that I was a film actor at a very young age. I'm from Chicago. It was during the time of the Chicago film Renaissance. My friends were like Johnny Cusack and like Steve Pink and like all these like older kids that were acting in movies, movies. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, yeah, yeah, TV man, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, that's how it was. And so I think that the people that were in television were embraced that sort of um, like Willy Wonka style of, <laughs> of production. And I mean, I remember in the other television thing that I had done at the time, the guy was like, okay, and then you, and then you come out of the closet and you're crying and then you start speaking really fast in Spanish. And, you know, you're crying and, you, and, you, and you're doing your little Latino thing. You know what I mean? And you're crying and, you, and you know, and then, and then he has to hug you and calm you down. That's what the, the scene is. And I was like, well, what do I, what do I say in Spanish? And the dude was like an old, like jerky, like, you know, television director. And he was like, well, you're the actor. That's your job. You're the one that's supposed to be audited. And I was like, Fuck. I was 11 when he was saying this to me. Okay. So I, so I like started crying and whatever like that. So anyway, they got me a Spanish tutor. You know, he didn't even know that I didn't, you know, any of that shit. So just like, he, they never even thought of it. Like, they're just like, whatever. No, but so, so, so like, so the guy who was directing, the guy who directed this, this production of, you know, his name was Cliff Bowl. I remember this guy. And he was kind of like one of these lads who was like, like a fast talking country. Yeah, kind of a westernish vibe. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, was, he was like, okay, the guy was over there. He looks over here. He shoots the thing. And that's the end. You know what I mean? We got it. And like, he, he didn't really have to direct, he didn't really direct me much at all. He's like, you coming from way over there. Okay. But you can make a little noise along the way. Oh, you know what I mean? Like he was like one of these kind of, you know, it wasn't really deep. That makes so much sense. Having recently watched it. I'm like, I can see this all happening behind the scenes and someone just being like, okay. And then we do this, we do this. And it, it feels like that. Like you're marionettes. Like you're not actors. You're like, yeah. yeah. And there's the, like an immediacy to it where it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, we're just going to, we're going to do this and then it's going to be done. (laughs) Move on. We're going to break the set down, do a different one next week. This is right. One day, a long time, long time later, I was watching some, I was watching an episode of Star Trek or something like that. And then came the directed by Cliff Bowl. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, Cliff I was like, that was a great job, Cliff. You know what oh, I mean? Man. Like, like oh, Cliff man. has grown as an artist. <laughs> exactly. Like, we're excited. Like, I mean, I, could just, I was just like, how the hell did Cliff, how the hell was Cliff Bowl talking to Patrick Stewart? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, hopefully not the same way he talked to you. When you were, all right, Pat, all right, Patrick, you come over here. We, we catch the side angle of your head. It shines real bald. And then you move over there. You know what I mean? Like, what's, what's, what is it? like, you know, like, like how, how was it? But anyway, um, thank you. That's thank so you great. for uh, yeah. this. I'm, I'm sh- yeah. I knew that this whole thing would come out in the wash one day. And right, here right. it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to live down in a way. It's, it's interesting. I, I, uh, I have a picture of, uh, I know that at my mom's house in one of my old scrapbooks, there's a couple pictures of, of, of the show and of, uh, him cutting, helping me cut my birthday cake. <laughs> Very what cute. The, the myth yeah. of the, the yeah. generous and kind Richard <laughs> Dean Anderson. The, the white savior, really. Uh, well, thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure. Pleasure. Really pleasure. Thank you.
Uh, you were asking during the break, Iman, why the hell we started this podcast? Just I don't think I think I, I think we can hold Annie completely blameless. Um, uh, yeah, Annie's, I'm Annie's biggest problem as always. Yes, Annie's biggest problem here is that she doesn't know how to say no to people. Uh, <laughs> I was obsessed with the show when I was a kid, but I had never I had not seen it since. So I was curious to watch them again, and I thought, oh, it'd be fun to revisit. That was yeah. so that, I wanted to force someone to watch them with me, and uh, I remember the show being a lot better in like seasons three and four. Mm-hmm. So I know that what we're seeing here is just like them grasping at straws trying to figure out what this show is. But right, how many seasons are there? There are seven. Seven. And you guys are watching the whole thing? Annie hasn't signed on for all seven. We're yeah. <laughs> we're we're taking it season by season, but I think we can safely say that we will be doing season two for Okay. Our, our I haven't friends. asked Annie um, yet, and I haven't talked to her manager about the contract or anything. So Yeah. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see how how long people are engaged and interested and wanna follow along with yeah. us. But I yeah. have been having a blast. Uh, I was watching. gonna say how you feeling about it yeah just i've been ripping these things to shreds and having (laughs) the best time um i'm a big tv fan i love dissecting pop culture and television and this is a show that like I watched mostly in reruns because my dad and my brothers watched it, but it was never something that I was like seeking out. Um, so it's been really fun to to look back and just see how what passed for an hour of television. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I find it uh, fun to it's fun to put to get side by side my warm nostalgia for this show and in some cases defense of it uh you know when it shouldn't be defended uh against like what i what we know now you know but uh yeah speaking of uh analyzing and dissecting and uh ripping apart uh this show uh we're gonna move on to our next segment it's uh it's time for it's classified Yes, so we are on a mission to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. Uh, So to that end, we are going to rate this episode. Yes, uh, this is kind of a rapid fire thing. Each one of us is going to score to be a man from one through 10 on four different characteristics. Uh, You go first because you're our guest, Iman, on a scale of one to 10. uh, How would you rate how exciting this episode was? Three, three and a half. (laughs) Okay, that's decisive. Yep. So it's exci- it's exciting because it's like it starts off with a lot of action. It seems like a lot of people are involved. You know, the mm. American government is into it. Everybody's kind of it's dangerous. He's flying a plane. Mm. Um, he's going to a dangerous country, a war filled country. Uh, so, yeah, I would say a solid three and a half. <laughs> You just said a lot of really exciting things and then <laughs> scored it very low. But I like I'm like, that. war, whatever. Been there, done that. You guys, it's not. <laughs> oh, I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. <laughs> I wasn't trying to put you through something by watching right. this. <laughs> yeah, no. Let's inflict PTSD on yeah. our guests. Um, um, <laughs> I'm going to give it a five. I'm going to score okay. it a little bit higher than that. I was excited. Really, I love when MacGyver has a unique mode of transportation sport and for me the hang glider while he's getting shot at and trying to navigate bullets like you gotta give him that that was exciting I loved what I loved about the hang glider the most is that he hastily assembled this thing out of like ripped to shreds satellite pieces and then when you see him jump off the cliff it's like a store-bought black hang glider yeah Um, yeah I like this Uh, I thought this was pretty exciting I'll give it a five and a half how's that um okay Acting and writing. We smush these two things together. I, every week I sort of regret that we have because I feel like they should probably be separate. But um, 
if you had to rate the acting, the writing together on a scale of one to 10. Together? Mm-hmm. Just because I've been dabbling in acting recently and it's oh. actually freaking difficult, you guys. I did not realize <laughs> how hard it is. I really admire actors so much more now. I always thought it would be easy. You just, you just yeah. read lines and there you go. No, right. there's more to it. Um, writing, uh, both these things are very difficult. Hmm. So you know what? I'm going to give them a five, five and a half, five and a half. That's pretty good. Okay. I think the writing was worse than the acting. Yeah, I thought, I agree with that. I thought that the acting was actually okay in this episode. Like Mm -hmm. our guest stars, um, you know, were not as as bad as we've seen um, on this show. So I was sort of um, excited by that. So I'm going to say a five this episode because some of the writing was really bad. The voiceover was really bad. Um, and some of the just the spoon fed like women aren't supposed to do that. Like, come on, we, yeah. you could have gone A to C on that. Like we yeah, didn't right. need to get um, that that on the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, I, I hate when they dub children's voices. I hate that. Um, and because it really it it means that the child actor has no chance to be realistic in their performance because mm-hmm. you're just going to force this like adult voice into their mouth. Um, but I did see, like, I actually thought even though it was a slog, the relationship between MacGyver and the woman, there were some nice moments, like actual acting beats in that. Like even the fact yeah. that when she when she cauterized his wound, they, they had a shot of her face when she was doing it and she had like welled up with tears as she was doing it. Like it was hard for her to do. Um which I, I appreciated. Like they built this nice little dyna- dynamic. Uh, they weren't being done any favors by the script, but the two of them found a, a dynamic that I didn't mind. Yeah, she um, was pretty good. At, yeah. And as far as guest stars on this show go, she's yeah, yeah. up there for me. Uh, I'll do a five and a half as well. Um, uh, the next category is sheer innovation. So the, the MacGyverisms that he builds throughout the course of the episode, uh, how would you rate that on a scale? Of Ten. One? Ten out of ten. <laughs> I mean, these are all MacGyver inventions. <laughs> that Your gets first a score was a three and a half. I just <laughs> I want to remind you of that. Yeah, that's great. That's. Ten. I mean, it's all him. It's all he should copyright all of that stuff. <laughs> all right. Okay, I'll take it. What about you, Annie? I yeah, they're pretty good. I'm going to say seven. Okay, I'll, I'll give it an eight and a half. Eighties um, cool factor. How? I'd give it an eight. I think really? it was cool. I loved the outfits. I loved everything Everything that everybody was wearing. I would wear it. Yeah. Solid eight on 10. Okay. All right. What about you, Annie? I feel like this show gets a lot cooler and this episode didn't really do it for me. I think it was too, he was, it was too like family values for me to be truly cool. So hmm. I think I'm going to dock it. Um, yeah. The military to me is not that cool. I got to hmm. say. So like, we're very <laughs> focused on like this, the, the soldiers and the spy stuff and not as much on kind of like MacGyver's cool lifestyle. So I'm going to say four. Yeah, the, I did like some of the outfit. Like I, I mentioned that I think the flight suit is really cool. There's some swagger in this, but it's not, we're not in a place where we get to like show off from a flashy 80s standpoint. I'm pretty sure next episode is where they start giving the actor who plays MacGyver a little bit of blonde highlights in his hair. Um, <laughs> so we're headed in that direction. But yeah, I'm going to give it a five. <laughs> um All right, we have three bonus categories. It'll get an extra five points if any one of these things is true. Does he help out an old friend in this uh, 
episode. No, he's in. He's these are all strangers. Does an ex girlfriend make an appearance? No. Um, is he a detained against his will? I don't know that he is. I think of that as being him locked in a room by bad guys. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Ever I wouldn't count that. I mean, yeah. he's yeah. injured, mo- but he's recuperating. I don't think. Yeah, he's, he's not locked detained. in there. All right, that was it's classified. Now it's time to reveal the results. Out of a total of 135 possible points, this episode receives 72 and a half points, making it the fifth worst episode we've seen so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so that's you know right down in the solid bottom third of the pile. Uh, Iman, what are you up to these days? You mentioned that you're acting a little bit, but you're also not doing any stand up, and you're hiding uh, from your wife in another room. That's uh, right. What projects can people look out for in the future when we're all out of this personal uh, nightmare that we're all in? <laughs> well, uh, the acting started. I got I got our, my first callback with my wife, actually. It happened right before I tested positive for COVID. Hmm. And this is so sad because we got a callback for, uh, they were looking for real life couples for a Tide commercial. What? <sighs> Wow. And it was so much fun to record. Get <laughs> that apartment. national commercial money. Can you imagine? But unfortunately, it was in Canada, so we couldn't get to Canada to do it. Oh, no. That sucks. <laughs> but we do have our podcast. We wrapped uh, season one of uh, BBC's um, Comedians versus the News. Which was great. It was which awesome. Which was a lot of fun. And uh, we got renewed for a second season. Oh, awesome. When does so that start? that's going to start in February. And tell people ex- like what it is briefly. Yeah. So we talk, so it's my wife and I, uh, we tackle headlines from around the world. <laughs> we got, we got this gig to, to basically try to make light of the American election, which was very mm. difficult to do because mm. as BBC presenters, we have to be impartial, mm-hmm. had a very hard time. The comedians we spoke with were really, really fantastic yeah. and really international bunch. So it's a lot cool. of fun. Yeah. Oh, so fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't wait to hear the second season of Comedians versus the News. Uh, I, that's it. That's uh, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, please subscribe and review and keep in touch. Our website is themacgyverpod.com. Our socials are all at themacgyverpod. If you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us, you can get them on CBS All Access or buy them on Amazon for a buck an episode. Uh, Next week, we'll be breaking down Season 1, Episode 18, Ugly Duckling. Uh, Take care, everybody. Remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, Friends friends are are the the adventures adventures of of life. life. Thanks. Good night, everybody. Good night.